For those of you keeping score at home, you should note that there are no longer any such things as slow news days here in central Illinois or anyplace else. And today's been another very busy one. One piece of news of some note is a, uh, a change in status for the president of the Springfield School Board that at least for now will not affect his status in that role. Scott McFarland joins us live to talk about it. And Scott, good afternoon. Thanks for taking the time. No problem, Jim. Glad I'm of some note. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations to you on the new job. Uh, I'm familiar with the backstory, but I know a lot of people are not. So uh, tell us how this all came about and how you wound up now actually taking a position out of state. Yeah, well, I, I, I've... Uh... My career has been based around national service, which is AmeriCorps, uh, as well as volunteering. And uh, my position here at the state of Illinois ended, and luckily uh, the state of Missouri was looking for someone to fill the same kind of role. So that's uh, that's what I'm, I'm heading towards. So, uh, in effect, uh, overseeing volunteerism and uh, volunteer activities, AmeriCorps programs, things like that, for the state of Missouri, very similar to what you were doing here in Illinois, correct? Yeah, the, the, um, really the exact same job, uh, just uh, different borders. <laughs> and yet, even though you're working for the, the state of Missouri and, and in that role in the state of Missouri, you're actually still staying here in Springfield and working from Springfield for the time being. Why is that? Yeah, well, the, uh, the state, is much like most states, is on telework for their employees. So uh, I'm able to stay here in Springfield for a while, and that gives my family time to work on the transition. And my, my, uh, my, my daughter is in fifth grade. She wants to stay at the uh, district until the end of her school year. So we'll be keeping residency here in Springfield. I'll be working here from Springfield for a while. And so uh, uh, that's where we're at. So you anticipate this uh, this taking you through uh, until the the schedule into the school year? I'm not entirely sure for me. Uh, I'm not going to just hold on to a seat. The, uh, I, I want to be here to serve as long as I'm here. So depending on how my work goes, I may have to leave earlier than that. Uh, and I've informed the board that when I do know my uh, my exit date, uh, I will inform them and inform the public, too, so there's time for a transition. Uh, so uh, short uh, and sweet of it. Sooner or later, I will be having to step down because I will be uh, moving, but um, I don't know when that will be at this point. Now, your your current term, we have school board elections coming up next spring, but your current term would not be up yet, correct? That's correct. Uh, my term goes until 2023, so um, I, I believe the school board would have to appoint somebody new once I've uh, stepped away. Uh, in the meantime, you're going to remain as the school board president and, and continue to carry out all the duties of the job while the you, you, you wait until you, you ultimately make this move? Yeah, that's the plan. My term with school board president goes until the springtime. Uh, we do one year at a time for that, and I truly... Uh, believe that I want to um, continue to help the district and help our community through this tough time, and I don't want to leave in a lurch. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue on as long as I can. But again, um, once I do uh, uh, have to uh, uh, relocate, then I will be stepping down. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this question, uh, and I guess I'll just, just come out and ask it. Knowing that the, the clock is running here and that you're counting down to a, a definite departure, are, are there any concerns or qualms about making decisions that may have long-range impact on the district, on your constituents, when you won't actually be here to you know deal with whatever those consequences might be? 
I, I can definitely see if somebody wants to look at it that way. But again, my my three children are still 186 students. My wife is employed by the district as a teacher's aide. So this uh, every decision I make uh, impacts my family as well as my neighbors. And I believe that uh, I still represent uh, the North End as, uh, as I always have, and I'm going to make the best decisions I can. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why we've been having so many uh, uh, in-depth conversations and long meetings for the school board when it comes to COVID and our return to learn plan. And I, I want to continue to work with our district to, to move us in that direction. Well, thank you for the segue into that because I wanted to ask you about that as well. Springfield I School Board. You might. <laughs> Springfield School Board <laughs> President Scott McFarland is here with us this afternoon. You know, obviously, we've seen how the numbers have been going here, and the the most recent numbers, which are now uh, almost two weeks old, are almost certainly going to be worse when they're updated later this week. Given that, given the fact that we've got to give uh, teachers some lead time, at least ten days, uh, it, it could still be weeks before we could start thinking about putting most kids back into classrooms here in District 186. Should parents just be planning for this entire semester to be remote in Springfield? I certainly hope not. Uh, I hope that our county can get its, and I say county as in the residents of our county, can get its act together and get those numbers down because I truly think that those uh, parents and uh, students who signed up for hybrid, uh, which is about half of our population, uh, deserve to have that opportunity as soon as they can. So if we can get that done before the end of the semester, that's my hope. However, uh, as we've seen from the trend for the past few weeks, uh, the numbers are absolutely going in the wrong direction, which is why the board has not moved uh, us towards the hybrid model. We're following four metrics, which include positivity and new cases, uh, youth cases, as well as uh, cases per 100,000. And until those numbers get in line, the board uh, is not ready to move forward with uh, uh, bringing the, the large population back to the schools. As a practical matter, the numbers you're using, there, there's a lag time there. We'll get a new update on Friday, and that'll consist mm-hmm. of numbers uh, through this past Saturday. Uh, those numbers will be bad. The numbers a week from Friday will be worse because we've seen even worse numbers this week. Uh, so even if everybody just magically tomorrow said, okay, we're, we're going to do this right and we're going to get it all under control, we're still at least three weeks away from having that, that two decent weeks where the numbers come back down to be able to do this, that puts us to just about Thanksgiving at that point. Does it make sense to to bring, after we've had all of this time in fully remote, to bring kids back just between Thanksgiving and Christmas and and then send them back off again uh, for for their holiday break? Well, I I think as we get closer to the end of the semester, uh, obviously it gets harder and harder to do. However, we're still going to be dealing with this come next semester. And I think that we do need to get the the model in place if we can so that we can roll right into second semester and have that in place as long as, again, those case numbers hold. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, we're going to be dealing with COVID for I would assume most of the spring semester. So we need to start moving towards the model that works for all of our students. And again, as long as we can keep it safe. And that's been consistently what I've been trying to do is we have half of the uh, the population of our district that really do need to go back to in-person learning because that's what they want. However, uh, I can only do that, um, or at least I can only vote for that, um, if we know that we're going to be able to keep them safe while we're there. We can mitigate inside the schools as much as we can. We're going to require masks. We're going to require social distancing. We're going to check everyone when they come in every day. But if this the virus is bouncing back and forth around the county, 
there, there's no way we can mitigate that inside our school. Around 200 students with special needs are being brought back in small groups at a time uh, starting this week. Have you heard anything about how that's going so far? And is, is that experiment working? I have not, but it's just started, so I'm planning on meeting with the superintendent on that to get some follow-up. And then we're also looking at some other small cohorts, uh, for example, um, our early learners, because um, I know this from ex- uh, experience, trying to have four and th- uh, three- and four-year-olds sit in front of a Zoom meeting is uh, pretty difficult. So if we could potentially get some of our early learners in there, too, uh, I think that would be good, um, as well as there's been some talks of our, our AP students who are just about ready to go off to college, trying to get them their uh, their in-person learning they need for AP. But again, uh, all those cohorts of smaller groups are still relying on making sure that we can keep them safe while they're there. We heard some pretty alarming numbers this week about the number of students who just really aren't participating at all. uh, And as many as one-fourth of students uh, on average each day are simply not plugged in. They're not connected to to any form of education there. Uh, Do you feel like enough's being done to rectify that situation? Is there more that can be done to rectify that? Yeah, that was a question for my, uh, for, for me too at the board meeting on Monday was what are we doing about these students who are chronically truant uh, from remote learning? And I know that our teachers are doing uh, an excellent job of contacting those families directly, letting them know that, hey, your student was absent or didn't make all the classes, uh, and let's work on figuring out how we can do that. Uh, and then it's elevated to the school as well, too, and the principals are working with their team to get that done. And we are reaching out to the, uh, uh, the, um, the the um, the truancy officers as well too if we need to of that percentage we know of about 200 students who just really are not engaged at all and those are the students I'm most concerned about followed by those students who are having that chronic truancy of not being on remote uh, um, we have done quite a bit as a district to get the technology to people who need it we've given out um, hundreds and hundreds of hotspots so people can have internet who may not have it uh, on their own. Uh, every student has technology. So it's a matter of making sure that we're working with our, our parents and families to get those kids online. Uh, lastly, uh, I, I don't know what you're hearing, if anything, yet. And we know there's supposed to be an announcement uh, maybe next week by the IHSA. Uh, we didn't get high school football this fall. Basketball is the next big thing approaching. Uh, should people have their hopes up that we will see a high school basketball season this year on schedule or, or anytime? You know what I know on that. I haven't heard anything. Um, we're going to continue to wait to see what IHSA and the governor's office work out on that and uh, go from there. Scott McFarland, he remains the Springfield School Board President for the foreseeable future. We appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks. Anytime, sir. Thank you.